Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Tuesday, May 24th, and this is episode number 128. My name is Justin Hewn. I'm your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing in this video is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing, but always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, pretty quiet day out there. Uh, this is going to be a short episode. Not much to report on the scoreboard charts. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to point out, but nothing really all that groundbreaking. Mailbag section, I want to talk about Japan. And uh, another reactor is uh, very close to being approved to come online. And I want to share some numbers with you around the expected restarts and what that means for the uranium fuel cycle, what it means for our investments. Okay, jumping right into the daily scoreboard, spot price of uranium oozed down a little bit. Again, mid-market, 46.13 a pound. However, spot did trade up on the day. I believe we are at uh, NAV, if not at a slight premium, finally back after a steep discount of almost 16% um, last week. This was early last week. So uh, nice to see that rebound, yet we have not seen volume come in. So still looking for that volume come into spot as well as into the equities, which we have yet to really see. Uh, they were at a discount to NAV yesterday, a little bit more than 1%, but the Canadian markets were closed. So there's no change in the SPUT data because the TSX was closed yesterday. Uh, the trust still sits on 23 million. Uh, like I said, we need to see that new money come in, shares being issued, and obviously we're looking for volume in SPUT to confirm a resumption of an uptrend here or at least the uh, reversal of the downtrend that we are currently in across the sector. Uh, turning the ETFs, no changes reported in outstanding shares from either URA or URNM. Just to note the extent of this sell-off, the joint assets under management for URA and URN uh, increased by 24 million uh, since Friday, or since yesterday, excuse me, and now sits at 2.44 billion. However, this is a decline of almost a billion dollars from its mid-high, mid-April high of over 3.4 billion. So in almost six weeks, we've seen almost a billion dollars uh, be shaved off of the assets under management for these two vehicles combined. Quite the sell-off, quite the steep uh, reversion here. Let's take a look at the charts. URA trading down almost 2% on the day, negligible volume. Um, S&P was weak, however, did rebound towards the end of the day. On that note, why don't we look at the miners relative to the broad market? Uh, dropped down today about 2%, not looking all that great on the daily. However, uh, we are still well within this uptrend, well above that trend line. Uh, if we, will we see further risk off across markets to the extent that we saw in late April, early May, where we saw uranium drastically underperform the broad market that was also selling off? I don't really know. I think it's likely we might retest this trend line, but it's not guaranteed here. Uh, each previous time we've hit that trend line, we didn't really get a retest of the trend line. We saw a reversion back to this 20-day moving average within this chart, but we never really saw it come back to that. We shall see. Uh, risk off is still the name of the game across the broad markets. Cameco is leading the way still, although it traded down 1.66% on the day with a bit of dip buying in there, printed a hammer, even though we we're down on the day. The Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, like I said, trading up today 1.2%, showing some relative strength here. Uh, speaking of relative strength, the RSI looking quite positive here from that deeply oversold level that we saw last week. 
printing a little bit of a hammer here today. And like I said, with uranium down on the day and spot up, I think we are very close to that 1% premium to NAV. But of course, if we highlight here, nothing happening in the volume department, we need to see that volume come in before we start high-fiving in the streets. Okay, so mailbag question. Somebody was asking me about Japan. They wanted to know what this meant in terms of supply. So I'll make a note on that as well as just uh, kind of some highlights here. So there was a news report that came in from Yahoo uh, Japan that uh, the Shimane 2, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, so I apologize, uh, in the Shimane prefecture um, that the governor is expected to approve the restart of that reactor. This one has been in the uh, phase of approval for years, and this governor's approval is the last step before it can resume operations. Now, what are some numbers from Japan? There are 10 reactors that restarted since Fukushima. There were 54 reactors prior to Fukushima. It was um, you know, roughly about 10%, a little bit more than 10% of global demand for uranium. This is why we had such a prolonged bear market was because all of those reactors went offline after Fukushima. Was it an overreaction? Yes, it was, of course, uh, but people were concerned, rightfully so. Now the people are majority in support of restarts in Japan. This is a huge shift in sentiment that we've seen over the past few years. And polling is now showing that the majority of the people in Japan want the reactors back online, especially in this era of very, very high fuel prices. They import a lot of natural gas, they import a lot of coal and uh, these prices are skyrocketing. And so now what do we see? There are 10 reactors that have restarted uh, since Fukushima. There are 15 more reactors in Japan that are in various stages of restart approval, including this Shimane number two. Japan's climate goals, okay? They want to be 20 to 22% nuclear by 2030. What does that mean? That would mean 20 more reactor restarts in the next seven and a half years to meet that goal. Total of 30 reactors restarted, uh, running at an 80% capacity to meet that goal of 20 to 22% of the grid being nuclear. Um, and it looks to me that they are serious about accomplishing this goal. The new president is very pro-nuclear. Uh, Japan restarts. What does this mean? This means two things, supply destruction and new demand. What do I mean by supply destruction? Okay, so the Japanese have been selling some inventory into the market over, the num over a number of years. There are 33 reactors out of those 54 that are operable, including the 10 that were restarted. So that's another 23 that could technically be restarted. While they only need 20 to meet those climate goals, technically there are 23 that have not been permanently shut down. What does that mean? That means 21 have been shut, permanently shut down. Of those reactors that have been permanently shut down, some of the utilities that were operating those reactors did still have an in inventory um, that may not have been able to have been sold or utilized within the other reactors that were coming online or set to come online eventually. Some of that inventory has trickled into the market over the last decade, of course. Um, I recall uh, Mike Alkin from Sachem Cove saying he they modeled in um, a generous 4 million pounds a year coming from Japan. And he said that that was very generous. I tend to trust his numbers for the most part. And I think that that's probably likely. So what does that mean? We have another 20 reactors coming online in Japan in the next seven and a half years. It's very unlikely that we'll see a huge amount of inventory being dumped in the market. That inventory will likely be soaked up by those reactors sent to come online. But what does this also mean? Uh, we've heard from Brandon Monroe. He is the CEO of Bannerman. He's a very sharp individual. 
Um, he uh, does a number of interviews in the uranium space. If you haven't ever listened to him speak, he's one of my favorite orators. I think he's a wonderful speaker and I love listening to him. And he knows his stuff when it comes to the nuclear industry. Very respectable guy. Uh, Brandon has mentioned that Japan's inventories are expected to run out around 2030. So they did have quite the excess of uranium because of the shutdowns, right? And some of that materials moved into the market over the past decade. But if you consider that the inventory they're sitting on based on the current and expected reactor restarts, they'll be out of inventories by that time. Then what are we going to see? We're going to see Japanese utilities signing new contracts, especially as these reactors continue to come online one by one over the coming years. Okay, so on that note, now, while this company is not a uh, utility that's operating nuclear, this is a Japanese company that is a trader of a number of different energy products and products in general. This is Maru, uh, Marubini, Marubeni. I'm probably uh, butchering that as well. I apologize. They, uh, Kazataprom announced that they are seeking further collaboration with Kazataprom. The representatives from Marubeni met um, in Nur Sultan in Kazakhstan. And they're discussing further JVs. They currently have a, an existing producing JV mine in Kazakhstan now, and they're wanting to expand on that. So all of that is to say Japan is coming back. And that is something that um, especially Rick Rule has highlighted over many, many years. He doesn't expect the bull market to really take off until he sees more restarts from Japan. Well, the first leg of that bull market, we've already seen that started in December 2020. That was before this more aggressive uh, Japanese plan really has come to fruition and the restarts have accelerated. But um, we did see some restarts by then. And actually, they're, they're 20 to 22 percent of the grid nuclear that plan first kind of leaked out in 2018, but they are doubling down on that. They're getting more aggressive about the pace, and that is good to see. So in some ways, Rick has always been right, especially since we've had this big, big pullback here. Now we have uh, historically low valuations, especially when you compare the equities to what has happened fundamentally for this sector. Uh, just unbelievable stuff all coming together right now. So that's a big deal that uh, these Japan reactors means less supply coming to the market. Uh, Russia's underfeeding, not coming to the West, less supply in the market. Um, we're seeing a very constrained and fragile supply market. And that is going to have its effect. That is going to have its effect on price because of the expected changes in buying habits of the utilities that we are likely to see very soon. We are already seeing it in the conversion, the UF6, the EUP and enrichment markets. That is happening right now. And that is going to trickle down to U308. And so uh, the setup is wild here. It's just absolutely wild. And I just want to highlight that news. Um, the news yesterday about uh, Kazatomprom's strange release that the government of Kazakhstan had included in three companies uh, in relation to Kazatomprom as being on a list to be privatized. Uh, apparently, the government has already reversed and removed those three companies from that list after Kazatomprom brought that to their attention. So that's good to see. Either way, still a tricky situation for them and for uh, the East in general when it comes to uh, shipping uh, production and deliveries to the West. All right, hope you're doing well and have a great night. I'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.